Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Ray with this week's hour, almost, hopefully it'll be an hour of ranting and moaning and whatever. Right, first of all, where's my piece of paper? The temperature, I think it's Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday morning, isn't it? The temperature is 8 degrees centigrade, which is 46 Fahrenheit. The barometer says 1008 millibars and it's 76% humidity. A sunny day, but we've had so much rain recently. Honestly, we just have had shed loads of rain. Or should that be bucket loads? No, maybe shed. Yes, bucket loads, obviously. (laughs) Dear stone the crows. Okay, without further ado, let's get stuck in. I've got to tell you this email from Debbie. Hello, Debbie. Big shout out to Debbie. Right, this is to do with reading the room and all that business, but it's slightly different. Debbie's brother-in-law, as she puts it, harps on about politics. He is obsessed with politics. Whenever he comes round, Debbie and her husband, what they do, <laughs> what they do is they look at the clock, how long before he starts on about politics. And they've been doing this for a long time. In the end, Debbie's husband got a, on his phone a stopwatch. And from shutting the front door when they come in, oh, come in, come in, shut the front door, he starts the stopwatch, the, the best time ever before he starts is 23 seconds. And he goes on about politics. Now, Debbie and her brother-in-law disagree. Uh, they've got different political views, OK, which is fine. A lot of people have nothing wrong with that. And she reckons this is why he goes on to her about politics. She found the solution. This is brilliant, Debbie. She found the answer to all her woes. <laughs> she says what she did was... She started to agree with him. He'd turn up, Starmer this and Boris Johnson that. So she agreed. I agree. I agree totally, wholeheartedly. She said when it first happened, there was this stunned silence from him. He just stood there open mouthed and stared at her. And then, oh, oh, well, uh, yeah, well, that's right. It's dreadful. And whenever he went on about politics after that, she agreed with him, no matter what he said. Obviously not her view, but she agreed with him. And he he just shut up in the end. (laughs) I think it's brilliant, Debbie. He just shut up. Because you can only have an argument if you both disagree on something. If you both agree, there's nothing to argue about. That's what Debbie is saying in her email. And I think that's brilliant, Debbie. In fact, it reminds me of something. Hang on, I'm going to have a slurp of my coffee and I shall tell you my story. Before I start my story, I must just say, Trish and I never argue because I'm always right. She knows I'm always right, so there's nothing to argue about. I can say that because she's not listening. I have said to her in the past, come and join in, come and have a chat on the mic. Uh, But she won't, which is a shame. Actually, perhaps it's a good thing because she'd tell you the truth about me. (laughs) No, I'm not always right, obviously. Now, this is my story. I was in a shop years ago, a hardware shop I think they're called used to be called ironmongers I don't know what they're called now I don't think there are any ironmongers are there little shops where you can go in and buy screws and nails and things so I'm in this shop browsing chap came in stormed in up to the counter I bought this yesterday bashed it on the counter I forget what it was and it's absolute rubbish you shouldn't sell rubbish like this so I'm sort of looking around at the rack spying and listening (laughs) and sniggering no I wasn't sniggering well only a bit And the chap behind the counter, he said, oh, right, sir, let's have a look. And he looked at it. And this chap was saying, 
I'm not coming in this shop again. I'm going to take this further, blah, blah, blah. So the shopkeeper chap, he said, do you know, you're right. He's looking at it. And he said, this is absolute rubbish. Look at the state of this. I shouldn't be selling things like this. So, of course, the customer then, the same thing, this stunned silence. And then, oh, well, yeah, well, it's dreadful. And the shopkeeper said, I'm going to do two things. First, I'm going to refund you all your money. Secondly, I'm going to get on to my wholesaler and have a go at them because this I'm not selling this rubbish. They should not be supplying me with rubbish like this. And I'm going to tell them, cancel my account with them. I'm not buying anything else from them at all. And the customer said, well, I don't suppose it's everything. And, you know, you, you can still buy stuff. Right? It's just this one thing that's uh, it's obviously faulty. And the shopkeeper said, no, no, no. He said, you're right. You're never coming into my shop again. You said that because I sold you this. I'm not buying anything from my wholesaler again because he sold me this and it's rubbish. And in the end, it all calmed down, obviously. And the customer, he bought another one. He said, well, that one's obviously faulty, but I'll have another one because yeah, I do like, I forget what it was. And that's the way to do it. Absolutely brilliant. When the chap had gone, I said to the shopkeeper, I said, I was listening to that. You were brilliant. I said, I'm really impressed. He said, oh, I've been in this game a long time. Don't get a lot of complaints, but you get one or two like that. And that's the way to deal with them. Just agree. And he said, we had a bit of a chat. He said, have you ever read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie? I said, no, I haven't. Anyway, I got the book and it's brilliant. I mean, a lot of it you might think, oh, I'm not doing that. This is silly. But a lot of it is brilliant reading that book, honestly. I've read it several times and it's fantastic. How to win friends and influence people. Someone to me the other day, I was showing them the book and they said, oh, perhaps Harry should read that. Right, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> no good arguing with people, is it? If you disagree, you disagree. Got another email, which I meant to read out last week from Jack. Hello, Jack. Hope you're still listening. You haven't gone off in disgust because I've mentioned your email. <laughs> He says that he's been self-employed for a few years now. When he worked full-time, no problem. Since he went self-employed, he's been getting one or two comments from people. All you do is sit around at home all day and you want to go to work. And he said that it's one or two people, friends of his, it's beginning to annoy him. Whenever he sees them, when are you going to go to work? Have you got a proper job? Have you ever gone to work? Why do you get a proper job? All this sort of thing. I'll tell you what, Jack, I had that. I had that for several years. I've been self-employed most of my life. And perhaps, perhaps again, the people saying that to you should read this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I reckon they've, they've read How to Make Enemies and Annoy People. <laughs> now, there's a thought. I could write a book like that, couldn't I? How to Annoy People. But seriously, um, I won't go through everything that Jack has said because it's quite a lengthy email and a lot of it is personal. But yes, I had this. Why don't you get a proper job? Have you ever done a proper job? Have you ever gone to work? Why don't you go to work? Do you know what it's like to go to work? I had that for a number of years. And I must admit, there were times when it, it did get me down, Jack. I agree. It did get me down. I tried to let it go over, you know, forget that. Just ignore it. It's all silly. But I know as well as you do now, Jack, that you're self-employed. It's hard work. It's not lazing around at home, you know, because you're self-employed and working from home. Doesn't mean to say you're just sitting in the garden in the summer or watching telly doing nothing. It's hard work. You're not doing a nine to five job five days a week. It's all hours, seven days a week. 
And yeah, I'm with you totally on that one, Jack. There we are. No argument there. I agree wholeheartedly, as Debbie would say. Just to add a little bit more, Jack, uh, you've said in your email, I'm just looking through it again at the end, you said, sorry to treat you as an agony aunt. You've put here that I've spent all my life self-employed. I haven't, not all my life, but most of it. That's why you're asking me whether I've had a similar experience. I knew a chap years ago, he was self-employed and it was his brother that continually pestered him. Why do you go to work? Why do you just laze around at home? The usual stuff, Jack, that you've been saying. And what he did in the end, this friend of mine, he got so fed up with it, he put a stop to it. He came round to see me one weekend, I'll never forget, and he was happy and jolly. And I said, oh, are you all right? (laughs) What have you done? You seem very happy. He said, "I've, I've stopped my brother going on and other people. And I said, what have you done? I thought he perhaps had a a fight or something. He said, no, what I've done is tell them all that I've given up being self-employed. I've got a job in London and I commute and it shut them up. You might not be able to do that, Jack. I don't know what your sort of circumstances are at home, but this chap I knew, he lived on his own and he was able to just sort of hide in his little office that he had upstairs and not answer the door. If anyone came round, he wasn't there. He was at work in London, as far as anyone was concerned. And it, you know, it worked for him. So there's a thought, Jack. And as for the agony aunt bit, well, don't worry about that. If I, if I have experience of something, I've gone through something, and I've come out of the other side, and someone says to me, look, you've done this, you've been there, I'm in the middle of it. Have you any suggestions? Can you help? What do you think? then if I can, obviously I will help. And as I said, Jack, in this case, I've been through exactly the same experience that you have had. But try that if you can. Just say, oh, I've given up being self-employed. I've got a job now. <laughs> How good are you at lying, Jack? That's the thing. How good are you, are you at lying to people? What I've always found strange is why people want conflict. As with Debbie, her brother-in-law knew that her political views were different so he, he played on that, tried to argue with her. And I, I don't know why people want conflict. I've never bothered about what other people are doing. I don't sort of poke my nose into their lives. Oh, why don't you do this? Oh, you should be doing that. A lot of people do, as with self-employment, with Jack and myself. Why don't you do this? Why don't you go to work? You know, you feel like saying, well, why don't you mind your own business and get on with your own life? I don't know why people... It's strange, isn't it? They poke their nose in and they seem to want conflict. I don't know why. Strange. Funny old world. Do you remember that uh, podcast episode I did? What was it called? Nout funnier than folk. That's an old saying, isn't it? Nout funnier than folk. I'll have to have a look at that. Actually, it's about time I started listening to a few of my podcasts from, uh, what, two or three years ago. See what I was moaning about then. (laughs) Happy days. As you probably know, I'm a radio amateur, radio ham with a licence. And one of the, I don't know about these days, I must read up on it, but in the rules and regulations, it does say on the radio, don't chat about politics and religion. That's an old thing, isn't it? Going to the pub. I remember people used to say, if you're going to the pub, don't start talking about religion or politics. Because what will happen? You start, it's divisive, isn't it? People have different ideas and the alcohol's flowing and you end up in a punch up. <laughs> So I don't talk politics with people or religion. I've got my views and I keep them to myself. In fact, I forgot to mention, uh, Debbie said in her email, if someone is that strongly 
political, their ideas, I think this and I think that, were rather than go around arguing with people about it, she said, go into politics. That, that's the answer, isn't it? If, you, if your convictions and your ideas and your views are that strong that you go around ranting and raving about it, well, do something about it. Get into politics and make the change. I, I agree with you there, Debbie. I forgot to read that bit out. Apologies for that. I remember someone years ago saying to me, I'm a socialist. And I just looked and didn't say anything. And he said, well, and I said, well, what? <laughs> well, he said, well, what are you? <laughs> I wouldn't engage in the discussion. I wouldn't do that. Uh, I just changed the subject. But he, he persisted. Well, you know, come on, what are you, a capitalist? I mean, what are you? I just said, I don't know, really. I, I don't come under anything, really. I'm just me. And he just sort of shut up in the end because I was, I was going on about something else. And <laughs> he knew that it was pointless pursuing the uh, what he wanted to be an argument, I suppose. Do you know, the sun's out. Look at that now. Look at that blue sky. Absolute clear blue. Oh, no, there's a, a puff. Not a puff, a puff of cloud. A puff of cloud over there. Lovely to see blue sky and sunshine. Everywhere is so wet. Did a little bit of preparation the other day out on the lawn where I've got to put some turf down. Started digging a little bit just to flatten out where the turf is going because um, the grass has all gone there. The, the rabbits not only got rid of the grass, they ate all the, the roots as well. <laughs> and anyway, I'm walking on the lawn and of course it's all mud. I think I've spoiled it. So everywhere really is wet at the moment, but lovely to see the sunshine. Just going back to emails again. I had one, I think, I can't remember his name. This was a year ago. He said, why don't you do a podcast episode and say what you really think? <laughs> and, do you know, I did. I started one. I did about 20 minutes worth, if I remember rightly, uh, where I was saying, I think this and I think that. And I had a good old go. And I couldn't, obviously put it on online because I don't know I don't think I'd have any listen well I'd probably lose half my listeners <laughs> but it was funny I just did it for fun uh, that's all it was I let Trish hear it and she laughed and I just moaned about everything and uh, really say, saying what I thought about things but obviously these days you've got to be careful what you say because you get sued <laughs> That didn't happen in the old days, did it? People suing each other. I think in America, there's always been a lot of suing going on, but not here in Britain. I think that's a fairly new thing. Well, when I say new, I mean the last couple of decades or so. Back in the 50s and 60s, people didn't sue each other. Well, not, not for anything other than something really serious. It seems these days people sue each other for the slightest thing. I don't know why they can't just have a chat agree to disagree or whatever it is and get on with their lives. Some of these neighbours, luckily, all the people in our road here, lovely neighbours. I've got to say that because a lot of them listen. They're dreadful, really. <laughs> no, seriously, we've got lovely neighbours around here. Everyone helps each other. They look out for each other. And we have street parties in the summer. It's fantastic. But you see some things on, on TV. What is it? Neighbours from hell or something. Someone moans about a fence and then someone will take the fence down and it's not theirs. It ends up in court. Isn't it ridiculous? You'd think that people could just... They live next door to each other or in the same vicinity. You'd think they'd try and get on. And if there is a disagreement, well, sit down, have a chat, have a couple of beers and sort it out. Anyway, that's enough about conflict, arguments, stress and all that. Stress is really bad for you. I reckon it's 
just about the baddest thing you can get. Can you say baddest? Yeah, people say bestest. I think it's the worst thing you can get. Or, or not get, you don't get stress, you get stressed. But so you don't catch it, it's not contagious. <laughs> Actually, some things are contagious, similar to stress. You obviously have experienced this at some stage. You meet someone and you have a chat and they're depressive. How are you doing? Oh, dreadful. Oh, you're right. Then what's wrong? Oh, everything's wrong. And you come away feeling low, if not depressed yourself. Someone else you'll meet or they'll phone you and you'll say, how are you doing? Oh, terrific. Yeah, look, the sun's out. Oh, lovely day. Looking forward to the summer. And they make you feel good. And they, they lift you. It's, it's terrific, isn't it? The effect, honestly, the effect that people can have on each other is quite amazing. And stress isn't good. I used to say that if ever I knew anyone that was argumentative or stressful, you know, stressed me out and start going on and on and trying to argue, I'd just cut them out. And I have over the decades. I've had the odd person I've known, friend or acquaintance, and I've just thought, it's no good. I'm not meeting this person again. Cut them out of my life. It's too painful. <laughs> and I have cut one or two out. There was one chap, he was a compulsive liar. Whenever I spoke to him on the phone or I saw him, he'd come out with all these fantastic stories, tales of all sorts of things that had obviously never happened. It was all lies. And in the end, I told him. Face to face, I said, look, sorry, I don't want to know you anymore. I was honest. Oh, oh what do you mean? What do you mean? And I said, I've had enough. Um, I said, I've had enough of your BS, if you know what I mean. And he said, oh, well, what? And I said a few things. Well, you said you've done this. You told me this, you told me that. And it's all rubbish, it's all lies. Anyway, that was that. We didn't speak for months. And then he phoned me and he said, look, uh, no more BS, okay? I, I enjoyed our chats. I miss you as a friend, no more BS. But it was never the same after that. One reason was after a while, after a few months, he started coming out with the rubbish again. I know some of you like these news flashes that come up on my Fitbit watch. Here's one, breaking news. Oh, it's gone. Hang on, here we go. Prince Harry smashed by BBC as over a million Britons watch Happy Valley rather than the Duke's bombshell interview. Oh, so there we are. A lot of people didn't bother to watch it. I must admit, I didn't watch it. So there we are. Yes, a lot of you have said you like these little news snippets I come out with when my watch buzzes and something comes up on the screen. <laughs> so that's good fun. Of course, people around the world, Australia, America, wherever you are, I suppose it's nice, isn't it, to get breaking news directly from Ray's rants. Excellent. I just uh, took a little break, wandered out into the garden as the sun's out. I saw a mouse, my mate Mickey. I don't mind mice in the garden, as long as they don't come into the house or go into one of the sheds and start chewing things up. I don't mind them in the garden. It's a sweet little thing. We do have a humane what do they call them a humane trap which is uh, we bought it mainly for rats but we've had a few mice in it over the years but I shall leave this little chap because he seems all right he looked at me with his big eyes I felt sorry for him so he can stay there long as he doesn't come into the house of course putting all the the food out for the squirrels the birds and goodness knows what else it's going to attract things like rats and mice we don't want the rats in the garden so we either don't feed the squirrels and birds, so there is no food, or we have to put up with Mickey Mouse. That's <laughs> funny. Changing the subject completely yet again. 
I was on Skype, or I was trying to get onto Skype the other day. I've only got Skype to talk to one person. That's Mark over in Ireland. Hello, Mark. The damn thing didn't work. I don't know. He's trying to call me. I'm trying to call him. It doesn't do anything. All it was, I was lo- it didn't say you're logged out, log in again. It didn't say that. I just had to go through all this palaver. Then I got the thing working and then we had a chat. But what is the, why can't it just say you are logged out, you've got to log in again? I don't like Skype. I don't like any of these things. Actually, if my son is listening, he'd be saying now he will. He'll contact, he'll say, here's the thing. The thing is with all these things, there's security risk and the rest of it. And he's right. He is right. I'm, I, you know, I don't disagree. Signal is a good one, apparently. Have you heard of Signal? Apparently that's all encrypted properly and they don't do things. And I mean, I'm not saying that Skype do, but uh, it seems that Signal, from what I've heard anyway, allegedly, I better say that in case I get sued. <laughs> allegedly, Signal is pretty good. And so Skype. Good, that solved that problem. There is no 100% security online, is there? As someone said to me the other day, the only way to do it is to close down your internet connection account, your ISP thing, get rid of your computer, your phone, your laptop, your iPad and whatever other pads you've got and just don't go online. That would solve the problem. But you have to have things like online banking and that these days. There are certain things you have to be online for. I suppose if you want to be safe, don't have any of the social media stuff. You don't need that to do your banking, do you? Don't have any of that. Have totally different passwords for everything and decent passwords as well, not like Fred1 or 1234. I mean, that's hardly a password, is it? (laughs) Something like 32 characters long, weird and wonderful characters, 32 long for everything you want, different ones. It's quite funny. I saw a picture of a phone the other day on Twitter. Someone had taken this photo and it said Instagram in the 1970s. Some, was it Instagram? Something like that. And this picture of this old telephone in this house. That's quite funny. It was in the hall on a telephone table. Who remembers telephone tables? We had one. My dad made one in the 60s. It was like a, I don't know, awful thing. Four legs, obviously, <laughs> not three. Well, you could have three, but it'd be a bit wobbly. Four legs, you've got a telephone. Under that on the shelf is your, your phone directory, your phone book. And then next to the whole thing is a seat, all on one sort of unit. A seat with a cushion, specially made to fit the... <laughs> and you would sit there in the hallway, OK? It wasn't in the lounge or the kitchen or anywhere, in the hall. So you've got, you've got a phone call, you've got to go out and sit in the hall. Whereas these days, well, uh, the landline phone, where's ours? We've got one... We don't really use the landline. Oh, one's in Trisha's little office and the other one's in the dining room. But we've got mobiles, of course, so I I don't use the landline a great deal. But it's funny, though, looking back, the telephone table. Come on, email me. Who remembers who had a telephone table in the hall? Raise rants at protonmail.com. Talking of the old days, like the phone in the hall, Trisha and I were going through, got a big cardboard box of photos from decades ago. It's lovely looking through them all. I wonder how people are going to look through photos, say, 40, 50 years from now, because they're all online, aren't they? They're on devices and up in clouds and all over the place. I do like, I must admit, we spent well, an hour or two flicking through these albums. Oh, look, do you remember that? Oh, that, that's that house. Do you remember this? Oh, there's so-and-so. It's lovely. Whereas 
online is just not the same. Maybe it's the same for youngsters, but for us oldies who remember, I've still got photograph albums with all the old pictures, even going back to the black and white pictures from the, the 40s, the 50s, and earlier, of course. It's great. I love looking through them all. We found a few photos of me as a baby, which was great to see, only a half a dozen or so in a pram and stuff like that. Whereas I suppose 50 years from now, youngsters will, when they look back to when they were a baby, there's not only photos, but videos and all sorts. Of course, back in our day, well, I don't know about the 50s, in the 60s, there were cine cameras, weren't they? Is it cine 8mm film? It wasn't cheap. Very few people had that sort of thing. You had to get the film developed. Whereas now, everyone's videoing on their phone, their iPads and goodness knows what. So there will be loads of videos of people that were babies like 50 years ago in 50 years' time. Is that right? 50 years ago in 50 years' time. You know what I mean. My son made me laugh the other day. We were talking about storage online of photos and music and whatever, all your documents. And he, he said that he's paying out a lot of money. because He's got two daughters here, my granddaughters. And he said what they do is like a five-hour video of just nothing around the house. And it's all got to be stored. They take photos of just nothing around the house and garden. And of course, it all adds up. You know, you end up with gigabytes, terabytes of stuff that's got to be stored. And you have to keep upgrading your, your thing. because You've got to pay more because they're adding more and more videos. It's true, though, isn't it? I know people, you know, we have a, a barbecue here or a few people around for drinks. And there's people taking videos and photos. It's all got to be stored somewhere. <laughs> I wonder whether they will ever look back through through all the stuff they've got. The other day, I spent about an hour going through all my online photos and deleting a lot. Because I'd have pictures, regardless of the country, a picture of a tree, a picture of a country view. Well, that's a little bit pointless. I'm never going to look at it. For a start, I can't remember where it was. There's a field. There was a video the other day where I'm kind of panning across. I don't know where it is or why I took it. It's just a video of fields and some trees. So I deleted that because videos are quite large files, aren't they? So I spent an hour or so going through and just deleting stuff that I didn't even know I had. And I will never look at even if I did know I had it. Is that right? So the youngsters will be saying, how did we store all our stuff in the old days before we had the Internet? I'll tell you how we stored photos <laughs> in the loft in old cardboard boxes. It's true, or perhaps not in the loft. Albums, photograph albums, which you'd chuck in a cardboard box somewhere and every now and then drag it out and embarrass your kids. Look, there's you when you were a baby. Mum, don't say that in front of my boyfriend. Look, there's you when you were five years old. Mum! <laughs> so that was storage back then, a cardboard box. And no one could hack into it online. How about that? It was completely private, hidden in the loft. Well, it's now a new day. I slept well last night, which is good news. <laughs> I do like to sleep well, because otherwise the following day is ruined if I've been up half the night. Talking of agony aunts, which we weren't, well, it was mentioned earlier. Email from Charles. Hello, Charles. He said, back in the old days, 50s, 60s, were there such things as therapists and psychologists? Well, there were. I don't know whether we call them therapists. There were psychologists and psychiatrists, of course. He says only these days everyone seems to be in therapy for one reason or another. To be honest, Charles, I don't know. I, I don't remember anyone back then 
having any therapy or seeing a psychologist. Having said that, if anyone was seeing a psychologist, they probably didn't tell everyone. I don't know. But uh, Charles has got some problems. He hasn't said what they are, understandably. But he just wondered what happened back then if you had um, issues, as he's put it here. Issues, that's a word that's come up a lot, hasn't it, of late. People seem to have issues mental health problems. Yeah, I'm afraid I can't be much of an agony aunt on that one, Charles. I don't know. Well, it's not agony aunt, is it? It's just a simple question. Were there therapists back then? I suppose there must have been. But I don't remember anyone ever going to a therapist. Someone the other day asked, how did kids get on at school back in the 60s, the 50s, if they had problems? I don't think they saw, I don't think it was mentioned. I don't think they mentioned it to anyone. They just... I remember people struggling at school. They just struggled through as best they could. Whereas these days, there is help. I do remember one or two of the kids at school having all sorts of problems. I had problems at school. I hated the whole thing. I wasn't at all academic. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the work. No matter how much it was explained to me, I just had some kind of mental blockage, especially with maths. I still can't do I can't add up in my head. It's a nightmare. Luckily, Trish can. (laughs) So if we go anywhere, she does the adding up, the mental arithmetic. And I just stand there looking gormless. (laughs) But no, seriously, there were kids at school, a couple I remember, that had not issues or problems. I suppose they were problems. I don't know. I'm not really sure what the problems were. But they didn't cope too well with school. I don't know about... Today they talk about the pressure that children are under. I don't think we were under pressure back then. There again, perhaps just going to school when you hated it, perhaps that was pressure. I don't know. Interesting subject though, Charles. I wish you well with your problems and uh, hopefully get that sorted out. A thought has just come to mind when you say to someone, how are you? I'm all right. It's the others. That's very true, that saying, isn't it? How are you doing? Well, I'm fine. It's other people. (laughs) Other people are presenting me with problems other people are annoying me I'm fine yes that's a, <laughs> that's quite true actually I do have quite a few emails that I don't read out during the podcast episodes because they are private and personal to people but I do have quite a few emails uh, where people are asking for advice and what they can do about various problems so as I said earlier if I can help if I've experienced something myself I've been through it, I've been there, seen it, done it, got the t-shirt and all that, then possibly I can help in some way, I'm not sure. I suppose also with youngsters, quite a few of the emails I get are from youngsters. I suppose it's nice to ask an older person sometimes because they've lived their life, haven't they? I mean, I've been around for nearly 72 years. So I suppose I have seen it, done it, got the (laughs) t-shirt and the mug and everything else. I've got the whole lot. I suppose youngsters think, well, he's seen it, done it, been there, perhaps he can help me. And now for something completely different. Back in the 70s, I knew a couple of sisters. They were only acquaintances. One, in fact, I knew fairly well. She lived with her mum, her very elderly mum, and she was basically her carer. The other sister was married. She'd gone off and got married. The sister that lived with her mum, she cared for her mum She did everything, the housework, the shopping. She was a carer. I don't think back in those days they were called carers, were they? They were, I don't know what they were called. (laughs) But eventually the, the mother died, passed away. 
and the house was rented, so the sister in the house had to move out, but the mother left £10,000. Now, that was quite a lot of money back then. If you think that my first house was 9400 it was only a small three-bedroom terrace house, but it was a start, so that 10000 would have bought that house for cash with a little bit over. The mother left all this £10,000 to the sister that had gone off and got married. The one that had <laughs> one that had cared for her mum got nothing, not a penny. It was assumed by people that knew of this that the sister that had gone off and got married would give her sister half, but no, she kept the whole lot. So the penniless sister, she had a job, but she wasn't married or anything. She rented basically what we call a bedsit in the UK. Have you heard of that abroad, a bedsit? It's just one room. And in there is a little sink, a cooker and a bed and a TV, if you're lucky. And that's it. That's where you live. But she was quite happy. She was quite an amazing woman. She wasn't at all disgruntled or annoyed with her sister, even though she hadn't got a penny from her. She'd done all the work, looked after the mother for years. But she was quite happy. She stayed friendly with her sister and was quite happy. Here's the thing. An aunt, an elderly aunt, heard about the, the sisters the one with the £10,000, who was already in her own house with a mortgage and a husband, and the sister that was penniless in this tiny room. And the aunt changed her will. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, don't you? This is karma. The aunt died eventually, a couple of years later, left the house to the penniless sister. And it was a big house. I didn't see it, but uh, apparently it was quite a big house. Worth a lot more than the, the 10000 that the other sister had got from the mother. So there she was, left her bedsit and moved into this huge house. All the furniture, of course. And I believe there was a few thousand pounds with the house. So she not only had this lovely big house, but she had some cash. The unsharing sister heard about this and went to see her. Are you going to give me any money? You've got to sell the house. You know, you really ought to share some of this with me. <laughs> so what did the sister, the caring sister do? She gave her, she said, we're well, not having the house. I'm living in it. You know, this is where I'm going to live now. But she gave the, her sister, I think it was a few thousand pounds, in cash. She said, you can have the money. Which was silly, really, because that left her penniless again, although she had the big house. So she had bills to pay and owned the only income from her job. So it was all very unfair. And of course, the sister, the, the grabbing sister, took the few thousand pounds. And she was just basically money grabbing. Now, the penniless sister had that, this house. And now this really is karma. I'm convinced this is karma. The sister in the big house, without the cash, she won the football pools. She won £15,000 on the pools. You can't believe it, can you? I remember all this going on. I didn't know her. I knew her of a, as an acquaintance. You know, we'd chat and say hello. But a, a couple of friends of mine were really friendly with, well, with both sisters. So it was absolutely incredible. She got the big house from the auntie. And she won £15,000 on the pools. So she was just laughing all the way to the bank, as they say. Now, isn't that strange? That's karma for you, isn't it? I would imagine some of you abroad are thinking, what are the football pools? Do we still have football pools? Horace Batchelor, wasn't it? And his, his uh, special perm or, or way of doing it. Basically what it was, every week you mark down on this bit of paper... I remember my parents doing it. I've never done the pools. You put down what the scores are going to be with each team, what you think they're going to be. And if you get it right, you can win a lot of money. I think someone won a million 
was it Viv, Vivian someone? And she bought a big pink Cadillac with it. So that's what the football pools were. I don't know whether you can still do that. Probably not. And I think a chap used to come round. No, you posted it. You Or you could have a chap come round and he'd collect the pools and the money. But that's an incredible story, isn't it, about the sisters. I remember someone saying to me when I was a child, and it stuck in my mind, the more you give in life, the more you get. And, you know, I've always remembered that. And in this sister's case, that was it. The more she gave, the more she got. So that proves that, really. It's amazing, isn't it? I like that story. Got another shout-out here. Steve in West Virginia. Lovely to hear from you. Thanks for emailing me. Really nice to, as I keep saying, hear from people around the world. It is fantastic. I'm really pleased about that. We've had, uh, what is it, Canada? Well, Scotland the other day. That's not too far away. And now, uh, yes, Steve in West Virginia. People all around, I won't read them all out, but uh, fantastic. It really is nice to hear. I, I know that I'm not talking to myself. That's what it does for me. I know that people are actually listening. How many listen to the end of the podcast? I don't know. It's probably, who was it said the other day, good way of getting off to sleep? I'll just put one of Ray's podcast episodes on. That'll send you off to sleep. <laughs> That's funny. I must start listening to my own at night if I can't sleep. It's now Thursday, by the way. Oh, it's still raining. Um, I've been recording this over two or three days this week. It's still raining. I don't think it's going to ever stop raining. Tomorrow, Friday, got the physiotherapist at Worthing Hospital. Did I tell you that? I can't remember what I've told you or what I haven't. It's about my knee. Is it osteoarthritis or something? I've had the x-ray. I've had tablets. It's been poked and prodded and it still hurts. So I'm going to the physiotherapist tomorrow at the hospital. That'll be interesting. No parking around there at all. Is it the same way you are? Hospital parking is dreadful. Do you know, even the nurses have to pay to park and the doctors, they have to pay in the car park. You think they'd have a little ticket on their windscreen that says, you know, hey, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor, I work here, I can park for nothing. Oh no, they have to pay. So what Trish is going to do is drop me off at the hospital and then go and find somewhere around the roads to park. I think, now I could be lying here, I think it's going to be a nice day tomorrow. Windy, but not rain, so that's okay. I would walk to the hospital. It's only, what, 10, 12 minutes, 15 minute walk at the most. But the trouble is, is first of all, the weather. And secondly, my knee, if I walk too far, it hurts. Obviously, that's why I'm going to see the physiotherapist. And I must see, which is even nearer, my hairdresser chap, the barber. My hair's, I'm like the Dulux dog now. You remember the Dulux advert with the dog? I'm like that. I cut my hairs over my eyes. I can't see. So that's another little job I've got to get done. We went to lunch yesterday in uh, Shoreham went over there Trish and I had lunch which was nice I had pizza and chocolate ice cream and two glasses of diet pepsi <laughs> and you know I can't believe this I put on two pounds in weight since yesterday all I had was a pizza it was rather large was it margarita or something all cheese nothing else just all cheese and it was rather large and I finished off the whole lot that was just, <laughs> that was just my lunch so two pounds, though, overnight, surely that's not fat that I put on. I think that's just, um, what were we saying earlier or the other day? Fluid retention. Or in my case, I think it's pizza retention. I was 
talking to a chap the other day. He used to work at the BBC and he was telling me, do you remember Music While You Work and Housewife's Choice and all that sort of thing that used to be on? That started, I think, Music While You Work, he said, started in 1940 because the, the workers, especially in factories, they wanted to cheer them up and the government said, allegedly, to the BBC, play some jolly music for the workers in factories which they did, and they called it Music While You Work. They were told not to play sort of dull, slow music, but jolly music. And apparently it worked. It kept people happy and they'd whistle along and sing along with the tunes. So that's interesting. And the other one, I remember listening to these as a kid because they went on from the 40s right the way through, I think this chap said to 67, when the light programme and... The BBC Home Service stopped. Well, they didn't stop, but they became Radio 4 and Radio 2. Have you ever heard such nonsense? Radio 2, the light programme was better. And the BBC Home Service, not Radio 4. Boring. No imagination. Uh, no imagination whatsoever. No imagination whatsoever. There we are. And that's when it stopped. But Housewives' Choice was good. I think Housewives would write in or whatever, send a postcard or whatever they did. Couldn't call in a, on their mobile or send an email. <laughs> Not back then. And they, they'd play a record. Oh, this is for Julie in uh, Eastbourne. Hello, Julie. This is the one you requested by the Northern Dance Orchestra. <laughs> Happy days. But no, that was interesting. He was telling me a little bit about the BBC in the old days. I'll have to do a podcast episode. No, I won't. That'll be boring. Won't it? All about the BBC. Apparently, they're in trouble now. Or they've been moaned at or whatever. They have given, um, probably best not say anything, but you know the, the girl that went abroad and joined ISIS and she wants to come back here? Well, apparently the BBC uh, allowed her to make loads of podcast episodes or, or whatever to tell her side of the story. And, of course, the BBC are now being moaned at for doing that. Oh, you shouldn't do that and whatever. I don't know. I get all these news flashes, as you know, on my watch. Actually, I haven't had one for a while. I wonder what's going on. <laughs> Perhaps there's no news to report at the moment. Do you remember Jimmy Young? Only people in Britain will remember this. Jimmy Young on, uh, that was a light programme. What's the recipe today, Jim? That was quite good. I mentioned the word housewife, didn't I, earlier? Housewives. That's probably illegal to say that these days because that's labelling women or put tarring them all with the same brush, isn't it? They're all housewives and they're not. They'd be saying, no, I'm not. I'm not a housewife. I've got a career. Back then, of course, things were very different. It's interesting that a wife was a housewife and a mother. And that's what she did. Whereas these days you don't get housewives because it is, is that sexist or I can't, I don't know. What, what do they call it? I can't remember what they call that now. Rude, I expect. <laughs> Offensive or it triggers people. No, but my mum was a housewife and she was proud to be a housewife and a mother. These days they are, well, they, they go to work, don't they, uh, ladies, which I think is a good thing, going to work. I must admit, I did like getting home from school at four o'clock and there's my mum with a jam sandwich and a glass of orange juice. Now, they really were, as I keep saying, happy days. Do you remember playing marbles in the street? I used to have a bag of marbles. That was good fun. I don't think kids do that anymore. I was saying uh, to a friend of mine the other day, we were just, hello, what's that? That's not a news flash, that's an email. We were talking about children and he said about marbles. He'd mentioned to his uh, nephew, uh, was it nephew? 
he mentioned marbles and the little lad didn't know what he meant. What are marbles? They don't know what they are. I wonder whether toys like that, were they toys? I wonder whether they should be reintroduced. All the little things like that. The jacks. Do you remember the jacks? They were little metal things, weren't they? You put them on the back of your hand and you could do all sorts of things with jacks. Tiddlywinks. Who remembers Tiddlywinks? That was annoying. Tiddlywinks. I don't know who invented that game, but they must have been... I've, well, I better not say that, but they, <laughs> they cannot have been normal. Tiddlywinks is a dreadful game. I remember being forced, well, not forced, by my grandmother. Well, I was forced. We're playing Tiddlywinks. Oh, yeah, but no, we're playing Tiddlywinks. No, yeah, buts. And I had to play Tiddlywinks. That was forced. You see, I'm not lying. That was forced. Tiddlywinks was dreadful. I hated it. That was an email from someone saying, do I want my website professionally redesigned? No, I don't. Thank you very much. Go away. <laughs> that told him. Another game that I used to enjoy as a kid was uh, cigarette cards. You know, playing cigarette cards, fag cards, we call them. You'd flick them and you'd knock cards down. And if you knock them all down, then you won your opponent's card. You had his as well as yours and all this. You could do all sorts of things with cigarette cards. I suppose, of course, these days there are no cigarette cards because hardly anyone smokes. Does anyone still smoke? I think a few people still smoke, don't they? They do these vape things, don't they? That's quite funny. That makes me laugh. You see someone walking down the street, you think they're on fire. There's this huge cloud of, is it steam, vapour, smoke, whatever it is. And I was following a car recently and this huge cloud of smoke came out of the driver's window. He had the window down. I thought the car was on fire. <laughs> and I could smell in our car, it must have come in through the, you know, the ventilation system. I could smell, I don't know quite what it was, some sort of um, flavour of whatever it was he was smoking, but uh, it filled our car with, <laughs> with this smell. I don't know. It's funny. They do make me laugh, especially if you follow someone and they're, they're vaping. You're suddenly enveloped in this cloud. Oh, where am I? What's going on? I can't see. <laughs> well, we're coming up to that time again, nearly the end of the podcast episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. I love chatting to you. It's great. As I've always said, it's, it's good fun. I like it. Now, don't forget what I was saying about uh, audio clips, MP3, just send me a little audio clip saying, hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm Fred in Australia. Hello, my name's Jack and I live in Iceland or wherever, or Greenland. Does anyone live in Greenland? I must have a look. That's something to add to my list. I think people do live in Greenland, don't they? Why is it called Greenland when it's white with snow all the time? I think there's snow there all the time. There we are. That's a little project for me. I must look up the inhabitants of Greenland. I wonder what they do for a living. I mean, are there factories there? Are there shops? I don't know. Anyone listening in Greenland? Now, that would be good. How about that? Getting an email from someone in Greenland or Iceland. I know people live in Iceland, Reykjavik and all that. But Greenland, that would be interesting. I've just gone online and looked up Greenland. There are 57,000 people that live there and there are various jobs, mostly in government, it seems. But uh, that is interesting. So out of 57,000 people, if one of you is listening, can you email me? Love to hear from you. Right, getting near the end now. Time for one more email. Brian, hello to you from Wales. Nice to hear from you. I mentioned tea cosies, you said on Wednesday. I did, didn't I? That's right, our little lad, our grandson, didn't know what a tea cosy was. Brian says, 
you mentioned uh, the other things. What was it? The ring. Um, what's his email? Here we are. Oh, that's right. Toast rack serviettes with the, the serviette ring. He says, does anyone remember balaclavas? I do. I wore one to school, Brian, a balaclava. It was like a, a knitted, usually black, sort of thing that went over your whole head and neck and shoulders with a hole in the front for your face. <laughs> Used to wear those in the winter. They were good. And he also says he can't remember the name of it. I know what you mean. I'll try and describe it, Brian. I know what you mean. It was a knitted, like a polar neck jumper. So you've got a, a, a black polar neck jumper thing and then just sort of a, a plate or a bib down the front and down the back and over your shoulders a little bit. So when you put that on under a shirt, okay, so it's beneath your open neck shirt, it looked like you've got a polar neck jumper on under your shirt. I do remember I had one of those. I didn't get on with it too well, to be honest, because I found it itchy on my neck and everywhere. It was all itchy. But yeah, that was something I do remember those. Brian's also mentioned gloves tied in to your sleeves of your coat with a, a piece of string or sort of shoelace or ribbon type thing. So the gloves would hang out of your coat sleeves. I remember that. I didn't have that. My sister did. I think it was mainly the girls that had that sort of thing. So they could never lose their gloves. They were always hanging off the end of their sleeves. So they put them on. And when they took them off, of course, they did disappear. So <laughs> I found a pair of gloves in my coat the other day, a coat that I haven't worn for a while. I was walking along with Trish, lashing rain. We were going to the club. That's right, up to our club. And I thought, what's this in my pocket? Pulled it out. It's a pair of gloves. And she said, that's that pair we've been looking for. Duh. Oh, yes, so it is. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, we went up to the club. What's tomorrow? Friday, because it's Thursday. Friday, so tomorrow afternoon. Oh, no, I've got the physio, haven't I, at one o'clock? Well, I'll probably need a couple of beers after that. So we'll go up to the club about four o'clock, hopefully, only for an hour or so, a couple of real ales, and then come back for dinner. And then the weekend starts. Just had an email from Mark in Detroit, Michigan. Hello, Mark. Lovely to hear from you. I'm just about to switch off and go and have a, a break for a while. But yeah, great to hear from you, Mark. I have answered your email. And I think you said Jerry. It was Jerry that put uh, put you onto my podcast. So that's good. We need some MP3s. We need some audio clips from everyone. I'm going to keep bagging on about this. You won't hear the end of this. <laughs> Love it. Right, time is moving on. The week is coming to an end. We've got sunshine again today. Can't believe it. Lovely sunshine. Apparently a lot of rain coming in tonight, though. So uh, typical British. Is it still winter? Yeah, when's the winter end? I think it's March, isn't it? The, the spring begins. I don't know. Anyway, that's it. I won't bore you anymore. Thanks for listening. I shall see you on Wednesday with a midweek message. Look after yourselves. Take care. Bye bye for now.